is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm in a race. I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. And I just want to do whatever podcast smogville home of the last operational western union telegraph office my name is brighton slc and i am sean black and here we are sean how are you still stuck in this ferris wheel well and it is hellish out there the smog is in full effect right, today. It's very, very, very namesakey. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with a video game series called Silent Hill, <laughs> but uh, I would like to go on vacation to Silent Hill right now. Just, just for the the clear air. Just right? for the clear air. Just no, the, my, my eyes view. are burning. Tugboat, the dog that lives with us here, is very sick. He's coughing. He's retching. It's very sick. Um, no, you seriously can't see ten feet in front of you. Now you'd think it was like lovely. Irish fog. Mm-hmm. No, these are particulates. It's pollution. It's coal burning. It's cars idling. Yeah, and I don't know a lot about, I guess, law pollution laws, but it's still a green burn day. I was kind of surprised. I'm not sure what it's going to take. In fact, I don't know if they have yellow or red burn days here in Smogville. No, isn't that on one of the billboards over on the west side? It's always a burn day. It's always a burn day. It's always a burn day in Smogville. Like, yeah. yeah, I guess I never really connected the dots with it, that meant. It's, it's on the brochure, and I think the brochure is meant to attract more businesses than individuals, mm. which makes sense because, you know, businesses are people, my friend. They are. They're, they're, more peop- they're more human than human at this point. They are, and that's going to come into play later, more human than human. They're, they're kind of vampires. Yeah, and that's no, we're not going to talk about vampires later. Well, I'm, just in the, the fact a human can die. <laughs> But oh, that's true. But a, a corporation, corporation cannot die. Well, a corporation's too big to die. <laughs> Isn't that the phrase? I don't know. Look, I don't follow it. We are in the height of the political season. Right. Um, I believe Smogville is still part of the United States. I'm not entirely sure of that. Mm. But, uh, yeah, here's, here's how much I know about politics. New Hampshire is, is a state of New England mm-hmm. full of working class people. Um. Corporations are people, my friend. Mm-hmm. Too big to fail. Mm-hmm. Too big to die. Too big to die. That's what I know about. I, just I think it the sums. Sound bites. I think it sums it up, kind of. Which th- kind of makes me think that I am a politician's ideal voter. You are because I just follow the sound bites. I don't read the books. Yeah, we just need to get registered here in Smogville, and we're we're gold. Right, right. Um, how is Smogville? I took a stroll this morning through the fair. Fair's winding. Uh, well, it's not winding down. The fair's going strong. It's winding up. It's winding up. Yeah, yeah. I met the Siamese twins. You did? Yeah. Have you met them yet? No. Okay. The left one is a dick. <laughs> yes. It, okay. So just Elaborate. be wary. No, he's just he's just not very friendly. No, are we talking stage left or my left or your left? If you're facing him, he's on your left. That's a good question. I wouldn't want someone to come to Smogville and think the wrong one was a dick. Right. Yeah. 
Because they're high, there's high odds to be wrong in that scenario. There's only two of them. Well, maybe he's just having an off day, but it seems weird <laughs> that one of them would have an off day and the other one wouldn't be. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how Siamese twins work. <laughs> they have the same. They have the same day. Do they have the same emotions? They don't, right? Did Did they get in fist fights? Yeah. Like, like if there's a disagreement, will Will it escalate, or are they both thinking like I'm thinking what you're thinking? You thinking what I'm thinking? No, they got their own brains. What right. If, what if one of them uh, wants to try to take off some of that Hollywood ho- holiday weight, <laughs> but the other one won't stop eating pie? Wow, I never thought of that problem. That's a whole different arena. It's yeah. usually me battling myself when it comes to... No, imagine a life where you say, hey, put that hot dog down. That's going straight to my hips. Wow. That's something to think about. Maybe that, that's that, why he's grumpy. They, you know what? I'm going to cut him some slack. There must be some kind of communication, like like psychic communication, because twins that aren't even connected know when the other one dies or when the other one gets the force or something. They, yeah, they, they know. Say, yeah, no, if there's anything we know from about twins, we know it from Star Wars and G.I. Joe. Yeah. We know that if you stab one twin, the other one feels pain. A phantom pain. A phantom pain, and that they finish each other's sentences. Right. Sometimes speak in rhyme. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's what so, twins are like. So, so if, they were t- if they were connected to the same body. Have you ever, you know some twins. Jim and Nick. So twins, we're going to have to try this out. I want you to punch one of them as hard as you can in the stomach. And then while talking on the phone with the other one. And then see if the other one vomits. Right. And see, oh, what's that? Oh, <laughs> you, vo- you just vomited for no weird. reason. Weird. You, you bent over, you doubled over in pain, huh? Well, talk to you later. Yeah. I mean, that's going to, you know, if I do this though, which I will do for science and for this podcast. Right. Or if, and for fun. And for fun. <laughs> I mean, I have to do a lot of damage control afterward. Well, let's let's cross that bridge when we get to it. That's true, and I guess I can just look at the camera and say, "Ain't I a stinker?" Yeah. So, what are you looking at? And or say, wink, camera. Yeah, I'll just wink. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. You know who I bet um, uh, has loose regulations on uh, fairs, carnivals, things like that? Right. Uh, maybe the country of Mexico. Indeed. I, I, I would say, I think so. And I, I just actually went there. It's funny you should bring that up. It is weird. Yeah, it's just kind I of... I was un- wondering where you'd been. Kind of uncanny and why I'm so tan and yeah. sunburned. Yeah. Anyway, so I went to Mexico. I was wondering why I came back with cornrows. <laughs> oh, yeah, little beads in my hair. Yeah. I just, I just like the look, man. It comes natural. So I went to Mexico. We won a big, big prize. This was a big, big prize. So Who, we, Who's we? Me and my girlfriend. Okay. She, she, her, her team at her job did such a great job that they flew the whole team down to Mexico as a thank you. A corporate, you know, the corporate person, the corporation. They, the person. The, the person, corporate person. They thought they were grateful for all the money coming in. Imagine that. Yeah. And, and that's, the, that's the quickest way to a corporation being's heart in fact the only way yeah we go down to Me- we're flying down to mexico so when i fly i have two huge fears the first is the plane exploding or or crashing and i and i every uh, you know i've been on a plane probably 50 times now and every time i'm just thinking this is the one this is the time where the dumbass forgot to close the lid on the engine or or it's going to come off the plane or what what have you but my close second 
is I'm worried I'm going to sit next to someone who's going to talk to me. <laughs> that might actually be my first, <laughs> frankly. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a little, uh, I'm a little more fearing death, but a close, close, razor-thin second is that someone's going to talk to me. And this is a four-hour flight. Yeah. Because I was going to, to the Cancun area. And so I was, I was just terrified. Oh, my God. This is going to happen to me. So we, we get on the plane, and sure enough, the guy that sat next to me just started chatting. Oh, Weird dude. Started telling me about his TV at first. Oh, He's no. He's got this big TV. He's got his, his like, sound system connected to the TV. And then it's just going into the weird details, wanting to show me pictures on his phone of, of the TV. And this is kind of like, kind of out of the blue. Wait, 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 wait. He's showing you pictures of his TV? He couldn't, like it's a puppy? He couldn't get his, his phone. We didn't have internet. And he couldn't get his phone to connect to like the, his cloud or whatever. Because it wasn't on his phone. It was on some, some cloud. Yeah, you want to back the pictures you, of your you TV back, up. You want to back those up in case you need to show someone who doesn't want to see them. <laughs> So he's like, oh, man, I wish I could show you these pictures of the TV. To which I'm thinking, yes, I, I wish that too. Was there something special about the TV? Is it like the first one off the line? It was, is it that Liam Neeson new flat no, TV? No, it was like, it had something to do with, I think it's because we had no TVs on the flight. Everyone, he was sure we were going to have a TV in front of us on the back of the seat in front of us. Which I, that's only happened to me maybe once or twice, and I don't care for it. Yeah, and I'm just, I just thought that rarely happens to me. Yeah. So I thought, no, we're going to be sitting here. That's why I brought this book and these headphones that yeah. I should have jammed in my ears immediately <laughs> and be like, I can't hear you. I can't, I, I can't hear you. Anyway, so after about 20 minutes, he starts telling me about his aquarium, starts telling me how. No! Yeah, aquarium! It, it was, it, this guy was going to talk to me no matter what. Yeah. Because there was so many, you know, when a conversation winds down with a stranger, where uh -huh. like, like you're maybe you're chatting with someone at the coffee shop. There's a point where both of you know this is this is our exit. Yeah, and you say, "Well, good seeing you." Yeah, and so we had the exit over yeah. and over, and he'd be quiet for a minute, and then it's time to talk again. Now, is he ch even trying to pretend that this is a conversation? Is he saying something like? Hey, do you like fish? Where where we're going? There's some cool tropical fish, by the way. Yeah. Or is he just like, hey, hey, I have an aquarium. Kind of, kind of right in between those. Okay. Because most of these things were unprovoked. It wasn't like I was saying, "Gosh, it sure is a sunny day. Don't you love snorkeling on sunny days?" or something. No, it was just <laughs> like, boy, it was just immediately telling me about how he wants to go snorkeling. Yeah. And then he starts telling me about the people he's meeting down there. How he doesn't really know them. He knows one person. And he he's just all this bullshit I don't care about. And, and once we get about an hour into the flight, I just thought, well, I just got to embrace this. I got to just, <laughs> like, I cannot get out of this. There's been yeah. so many times I could exit the conversation, and he continues. So I just started just talking back to him. Like, I just, let's, let's chat. Yeah, see, I was wondering what the best strategy is. And then what if you turned it around? Like, oh, look at my puppy. Maybe I'll start annoying him really yeah, bad, yeah. where he's thinking, God, will this guy shut up? Yeah, and just, or just start reciting, like, so in the Silver Age, Captain America was... <laughs> just things I'm interested in. Just, yeah, anything. And I'm like, just like, do you, have you ever seen the $6 million man fight Bigfoot? <laughs> he was played by Andre the Giant. Now, Andre the Giant was from France. He could fit a whole egg through his ring. Which is great that you brought up Andre the Giant, because I read the Andre the Giant comic on the way back. But I'll, I'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah, cool. Talk anyway, so there, there, I'm getting to a, a good point to this, this story about the man talking. So we start talking about the about legalization of marijuana for some reason. Uh -huh. 
And then I start just talking about how terrified I am of the justice system because I watch Dateline so much that I know if you get in trouble, it's just a roll of the dice, whether you get life in prison or you're innocent. Yeah. And I firmly believe that, that there is just complete ran. It's like going to a casino, no matter what the evidence, no matter what the circumstances. And then he starts telling me about his son on death row. Yeah. And, it, okay. and we, we had talked for like an hour, so apparently we were this comfortable. Yeah. So, so he starts saying, I don't, my, I don't drink anymore. And this is how it kind of goes into it. He's like, my bad things happen when you've been drinking. And I'm like, well, I'm like, yeah, I know. I've, I've drank before. Like, oh, boy, that video of me singing. I know. I, I can't. Let it go is, is right, bad. Right, right, right. Yeah. There's been some bad karaoke. I've maybe said some embarrassing things at a dinner party. He, so he, he starts telling me that his son would, used to drink a lot and drink till he blacked out. He lived across this street from... It made it sound like he lived in an area like... Have you seen Chappie? No. Okay, well, where, where Diane would live, basically. Just some kind of warehousey sort of area, like a bad part of town. Okay, typical sci-fi dystopian yeah, kinda, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where Matt Damon lives in uh, Elysium. Just kind of a shithole. <laughs> yeah. So, so really, we're just sticking with Neil Blomkamp here. Yeah, that, that, that's what okay. I was trying to do. Okay. Or like a District 9 sort of area. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so his son apparently knew... The, the na- there was these two guys across the street that were these weird neighbors. And he would sit on his front porch and drink until he blacked out all the time. Mm-hmm. Which is not a, not a good practice anyway. Right. There was a night where he was drinking... And he started, he started blacking out, and the two guys invited him over. From the point where, according to his son, the point where he goes across the street to go hang out and drink is when the blackout happens. So he doesn't really remember. Go, he remembers going over there, but not really anything after. The next morning, he wakes up in that house, that warehousey house. He is laying in bed, and he is covered in blood, completely covered in blood. And there is a dead woman there he has no memory of the night before the two guys are totally gone and he ends up getting convicted of murder and he's on death row now his his father which i understood like as he told me this i'm like uh, uh, because i kept going he remembers nothing huh and i'm like how did he know these guys and all these things are kind of vague yeah and of course the father is like my son's innocent I quit drinking because of this and yeah. like, we've been gone he 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 spent 5 years going to court it was this big thing and I even after that kind of secretly found out his name so I could look it up and yes. I, and I secretly found out where the city was so I have the the guy's name and the city this happened in, and when it, the year it happened. Okay, maybe we should discuss that off air, but we should right. definitely well, no, discuss no, no, it. No, that's why I'm just, I, that's his, I'm going to be vague. I'm not going to totally. But afterwards. Oh, no, I'm going to tell you. Okay, thanks. Tell you, tell your, your ear is blue, if that's a <laughs> saying. I know. Tell you, tell, I'm going to, let's, let's go drinking, is what I say, till we black out. And then tell me the story. And then I'll tell you the story. Until my ear turns blue, <laughs> along with the rest of my body, because I've died. <laughs> and I'm going to wake up covered in bright and blood. <laughs> <laughs> so this was kind of blowing my mind. Yeah. So his son's on death row. There's nothing. They're trying to appeal it and stuff, but he's been there for years now. And this is what oh. the guy on the plane on my way to my beautiful vacation told me. What is Allie doing this whole time? She's sort of chirping in here and there, like jumping in, but kind of just 
seeing how it plays out, I yeah. think. She's kind of just listening. Oh, she was playing Animal Crossing on her. Of course she's playing on her, on her Nintendo. And so, <laughs> but I mean, also like turning and being like, yeah. death row. <laughs> <laughs> death row, you say? So we get, we get to Mexico. It's beautiful. I'm such an anxious person that my thoughts were like, I'm immediately going to have a bag over my head, kidnapped by cartel members, and cut up with a chainsaw, like Scarface, right? That's what I thought was going to happen. Right. Yeah. It's apparently this beautiful kind of uh, area, beautiful white beaches. You know, obviously I'm in the tourist area, so it's no, no cartels. Are so you, you in like uh, Playa del Carmen? Right by it. How did you know that? Well, that's the only place I've been to in Mexico, and it was off a cruise, so I was just there for a minute. We, we were probably... I wish I was there for longer. It looked really cool. We were 15 minutes from Playa del Carmen. Okay. So we're staying at this, this all-inclusive resort. So we decided to go see the, the ruins, the Mayan ruins that are all around. Tulum. Tulum yeah, and Tulum. Coba. And we, oh. were, we were originally going to go to Chichen Itza. So that was um, the plan. We're gonna, we, we get this. We, we got a Mormon tour guide, which I was pumped for, because he was going to not only do the history of the Mayan temples, but he was going to say how this was in the Book of Mormon. Did, we, did you talk about this before you went? I think so. Yeah, because I know that. Uh, but I don't, maybe I just am having deja vu. And the thing, like, I, when, I, when I first moved to San Diego is when I realized how grateful I was that I came from such a weird place. Yeah, I love that I, I'm from Salt Lake, and that it's this weird kind of microcosm that's a little bit like 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 Alice through the Looking Glass, kind of just a little bit weird. Well, and what's funny is anyone who's not from Salt Lake is like, yeah, it's super weird. It's like the weirdest place on earth. There's some thinking that right now. Mm-hmm. Anyone from Salt Lake is probably going, "Hey, you're talking about? Hey, that's where I live." Yeah. Hey man, so, so I don't. Yeah, so I. I'm, so it's not as weird as you think as an outsider. Well, I mean, every every time you see Mormons in pop culture, it's uh, it's basically they're they're Amish. They're churning butter right. and they're in wagons and stuff. Yeah, or they're like freaky cultish. Yeah, and, and it's and just a, it's just a little different from Central a little strange. a little weird. But I appreciate. I don't it. mean more. I just mean the whole thing, the culture. And, look, our the Salt Lake City. The center of town is an enormous, glowing white castle. Right. And I'm not talking burgers. Right. <laughs> can you l- literally can... a glowing castle in the middle of the city. And who can say that? I know. I love it. It's, yeah, it's me bizarre. Too. And yeah, so, and so cool. I was yeah. excited to go on this Mormon tour. And so our, our driver, as we're driving there, we're just kind of chatting him up. And we're talking about Chichen Itza. And I, and I found out you couldn't get on. You couldn't walk up it. And so I was kind of upset. My whole, my whole thing was like, if we're going to be on the, the, these pyramids with stairs, I thought we were going to be able to climb them. Yeah. And then he tells me this story. He's like, well, Justin Bieber came here last week. <laughs> Actually, Justin yeah. Bieber, okay. This, this, this leads into what I talked to you about today. Yeah. Justin Bieber had come there the week before, gone to Chichen Itza. He, had, he was like, he was this, just like me, wanted to climb on it. But he had more nerve than I would have when he jumped the, the little barrier and started climbing it. He then got tackled by security and pulled away, apparently. And then when he got, <laughs> and then he did the old, I'm um, pretending to walk away and then double back and run back. <laughs> so then he ran He's back. He's incorrigible. Yeah. He ran back, jumped the barrier, climbed up Chichen Itza, and then mooned everyone, pulled his pants down. Which, like, he's telling this story. And I was like, okay, this is kind of out of the blue, but, but I guess it's Chichen Itza related. 
And then on a side note, I, I came back today and listened to Justin Bieber for the first time and, and found out I love him. But I absolutely love him. What was the song? Sorry? It's called Sorry. It's a pretty good song. Everyone's, everyone's heard, like I'd, of course, heard of him for years and years and years. And it just occurred to me, I have never actually heard his music ever. Yeah. Listen to it this morning. I am now a true believer. <laughs> I love that song. I listened to it three or four times. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, right? It's yeah. not what you expect. No, it's a bit melancholy. Yeah, and it's a little bit ambient. I was ex- I don't know what I was expecting. Just more farting or something, more more like I think I was expecting new kids on the block. Like I was ex- just just straight up like girl I, girl. I pictured singing with really obnoxious beats and then in the middle some Eminem style stuff, like him rapping really bad. Oh yeah. And it just and lots of like people yelling. But it's kind of the opposite. It was more like, this is what I groove to as I'm just chilling out. But maybe it's not Biebs that you like, because this song is produced by Skrillex. Maybe you like Skrillex. I listened to the whole I don't al- know what Skrillex I, I listened to like. the whole album on Spotify. Oh, good. It's solid. Okay, nice. <laughs> nice. Which, which I'm curious on, on Spotify, can other people see that? Because on the side of my Spotify, I, I barely know how to use Spotify. It, it'll, it shows you. And it'll say, okay. it'll say like David Bowie. Yeah. And then it shows Matt. And it says The Smiths. And then it shows John, and it says, you know, whatever he's listening to. You know, I can't figure out how to get that going, because there's people I want to know what they're listening to. Uh-huh. Like uh, our friend Matt McKee, I would love to it's, see what he's listening he's, to. He's got solid music choices. Yeah, it's, but, all, um, it's always, like, I only British get, like, stuff. the same three people. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to add them. I don't know how they even the people on there even got on there, but I'm curious if yeah. people are looking at Spotify, seeing Sean, and then seeing, right now, <laughs> Justin Bieber, Sorry. Which, fuck them, I don't care. <laughs> right. But I am just curious. So anyways, so I was like, oh, man, we can't go to Chichen Itza. It's already been soiled by Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah, here you go. So I just pulled up my Spotify seven hours ago. You listened to what do you mean? <laughs> it does say that? Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I guess I'm saying it on a podcast. So what do I care? So we're going to the, we decided to go to Koba, which is a lot closer, and it's the tallest temple in the, the region. And this one, you can uh, you can climb you can climb to the top. So that's that's awesome. So we go to we go to the ruins. He's telling us all this weird connecting stories between weird. I don't really know the Book of Mormon, so I, I know a little bit because I, I saw the movie. But he's telling uh, what movie? Have you ever seen the Book of Mormon movie? No. Is um, Thurl Bailey in it? God, I wish. Maybe he is. I don't think so. Okay. But I anyway. So. He's telling us the different things, connecting the dots. And I start saying, wait a minute. Is this the same thing as Apocalypto? Because I, I... I have a story about that. Go on. Oh, you, well, I have a story, too. Oh. So the, the, the tour guide was, like, stoked. He's like, yeah. He's like, this is Apocalypto. Cause I, and, I, and I was like, oh, t- t- like, so they would chop off the heads. They would, like, do the Temple of Doom stuff. And he's like, well, he was telling me the Temple of Doom... They pull out the hearts. That's that's the 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 uh, Aztecs is the hearts. Yeah. The Mayans are cutting the head off. Oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, they let the head roll down the stairs. He's all, well, no, they let the body roll down the stairs. And then I thought, oh, that's even more gruesome, actually. So he so he starts talking about how he he was this guy was a uh, he's like an anthropology major or something. Major, he, okay. Or or. I don't know. He had he had a some kind of degree. I, I was was he an old guy? No, no. He was probably okay. thirty five, maybe forty. Okay. And he started telling me that he was with this really prestigious 
archaeologist okay, guy. This is where we're going. Did I already did I already tell you no. this story? So he said he was down at these new ruins. They were I can't remember what they're called, like Igsalam or something. Yeah. And they had hired two hundred Mayans to help them excavate it. Yeah. So they're down there and they're apparently running out of supplies and food. And so they're waiting for a helicopter to come with some kind of it was like a politician, like the president of some area. <laughs> yeah, in like in Mexico or Guatemala or something. It was, I think it was Guatemala, it was, but it was it was somewhere in that region. Yeah. So they're coming with supplies, and no, he, I know for a fact it was Guatemala. Go on. Okay, and he's <laughs> making a joke that uh, the Mayans are going to eat him. So he said they were. Oh. He was worried about they were, but he said this so straight faced. I was like, you, you were really worried the Mayans were going to eat you. Yeah. And then he says, here comes the helicopter. And he's like, oh, thank God. We're saved. The helicopter lands, and Mel Gibson gets out. Uh-huh. And he said that Mel Gibson came and w- approached the guy he was working with. To- Richard D. Hansen. Okay, you know his name. You were there. Yes. And, and asked him to be his advisor on Apocalypto. Okay, Richard D. Hansen, mm-hmm. the adv- Mel Gibson's advisor on Apocalypto, is my cousin. Oh, you're shitting me. Yeah. Are you shitting me? No. Oh, my God. Really? Isn't that weird? Yeah. This is insane. Yeah. No way. Because we would tell that story. So do you know Carlos? <laughs> I don't know Carlos. <laughs> I don't know Carlos. I've actually, I mean, I've only met him. Uh, he's significantly older than me, but he is the world's preeminent. Yeah. Um, my, like Mayan scholar. Right. And then he, he does happen to be Mormon, so he is doing that stuff. He has discovered many ruins for the first time ever. Yeah, with went, this guy. He went to this thing at the Louvre and was like honored at the Louvre. Wow. And, uh, and yes, Mel Gibson, that's the ve- very famous story in the family, is Mel Gibson showed up to say, advise us on This is crazy. Apocalypto. So I heard this story from someone who was there. Yeah. That was an assistant to, to your, what would you say, your uncle? Who's it? Cousin, well, I guess it's my mom's cousin. So is that a second cousin? So whatever cousin? that means, yeah. Yeah, wow. Richard, cousin Richard. In fact, okay, here's what's uh, here's what's funny. Today on my Facebook memories, mm-hmm. uh, one of my memories is a picture of me uh, from seven years ago at my cousin Emily's wedding. And at that wedding, I had a long conversation with Richard about his adventures in Mexico seven wow. years ago today. This is this is just another case of one degree of Brighton SLC. <laughs> one degree of Brighton. One degree of Brighton. Yeah. That, that's incredible to me. But Google him, Richard D. Hansen with an E N. Uh, he's like a professor at University of Idaho or Boise uh, State I, or I'm something. Not, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. But so our tour guide was was stoked with me. That's awesome. Because I was getting so into it, I was yeah. asking all these questions. Yeah. And then and then the apocalypto thing got me super excited because I love that movie. Yeah. And so then it was just, and he was pumped that I was pumped. So we're just feeding off each other, right? Yeah. Uh, so then we go, that this, this is, I want to jump to a different ruins. So then the next day we go to Tulum, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, I want to see the ruins there. And the girls I'm with, I'm with a bunch of girls. They wanted to, to hang out on the beach and swim and drink margaritas and stuff. And I was like, okay, I got to walk down to the Tulum uh, ruins. Yeah. I want to see them. I had such a good time at the other ruins. And so uh, one, of, one of the people we were with is like, had been to Tulum before, and she said, oh, it's just, it's like a mile. So you can just walk down there, and you can, oh. and you can get into it from the back way. Oh. And I was like, what? Yeah. So yeah, you can just, like, you don't have to pay. You just sneak in the back stairs. Yeah, you definitely want to be sneaking around the Mexican jungle. <laughs> I know. And my buddy lives in Tulum, 
And I was asking him, like, are there Jaguars around here? And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus, I would, I would never sleep again. And he said there's banana spiders and stuff. He said there's spiders as big as dinner plates that just, oh, yeah, there's a gigantic goddamn spider. And, and so anyways, I, I head down the beach. So you're afraid of those spiders, but then when the cartel confronts you, Mm-hmm. And and, I, and they're I, pointing a gun at you, and you're and you're like looking over the shoulder, and they're like, "What? What is it behind <laughs> me? I'm not falling for that." <laughs> and then consumed by a giant spider. Yeah, yeah, or a jaguar. Yeah, and that's the whole plan. I just as soon as they 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 got me surrounded, I just go <laughs> and make some noise, and then all these spiders come out of the jungle. Yeah. So I go down there, and there's as sure enough, there's the ruins. There's a, an old stone staircase going up the cliff, right? And I was like, oh, awesome. I'm barefoot. So it's just these jagged, razor-sharp, kind of reefy rocks right there. And I'm like, okay. So I start stepping on them, my tender little feet. And then I notice that this is where, when the tide comes in, that all the kind of garbage washes up. So there's just used condoms everywhere. (laughs) Oh, no. So I'm barefoot. I'm stepping, trying to step between used condoms on razor-sharp rocks. How far are you from your home base? About... 20 minutes in a taxi. Oh, okay. So you can't... Well, why don't you have shoes? I left them back. We're on the beach. This is like the white beach. Why didn't you go get them? I was a mile away. Okay. So I'd have to go a mile back and a mile back. It would take me forever. Why didn't you just bring them? I don't know. I, I guess I just didn't think... <laughs> I, I, didn't, yeah, that's true. You're, really not, think, you're not thinking condoms. It's, 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 it's white beaches, and when, I, when they say they're right there, I just picture, oh, I'll just have to kind of like step on a couple smooth stones yeah, that's that, have, a good that point. have been smooth, like polished by the ocean. No, it's like razor sharp with used condoms everywhere. So I get a few steps in, and I, and I just said, "Nope, I'm aborting this. Not gonna do see these these. I'm not gonna because st- I just pictured myself stepping on a sharp rock, blood coming out, and then kind of losing my balance and stepping immediately on a used condom, which bursts on my bloody foot, <laughs> and then doing it over and over like some kind of like." You know, like bumbling Peter Sellers so, thing. So it's like American Pie Five, back to the ruins, right? Back to the ruins. <laughs> With none of the original cast. Yeah, no, none of the original cast. So, like the closest is the new character introduced in American Pie Three, right? Fart party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's just yeah, comedy. So I just abandoned it. Okay. One last thing I want to talk about when it comes to these ruins is this sporting event I learned about from this guy that blew my mind. <laughs> okay. So we get to this one area of the, the Mayan city, and there's this, what looks like a basketball court. It's, it's kind of a, a flat court, then a two angled sides that go up about a 40, not quite 45 degrees, but they're almost as wide as the, the flat part of the court at 45 degree angles. Then on top of that is if you took a basketball hoop and turned it sideways. So there's these two rings. Yeah. And I just I was looking. I was like, this looks like a basketball court. And it apparently is a, a game where four people, there's two people on each team, would try to use, you can use your elbows, your hips, and I think your shoulders to try to hit a ball through the hoop. Oh, wow. Okay. And this is an ancient mind game that would take, it was ceremonial. They would do it, I think, on the equinoxes. Huh. And listen to the, great, the, the prize for winning. So if you, <laughs> <laughs> so originally, if you won, you were executed. You were killed and on top of the pyramid, beheaded for the gods and whatever. And then wow. they would like burn you or something. And then your ashes would go up into heaven, right? And become stars or something. Yeah. And so as it, as it kind of evolved, it kind of 
it was played, it sort of sounded like it was played by kind of the, the upper class in, during the classical period of Mayans. And so they kind of found a nice loophole. So the winner still has to do a blood sacrifice to the gods, right? Yeah. But the winner after, and these games would take sometimes, he set up to 16 hours to play. Apparently it was really hard. This yeah. two on two, hitting it with your elbows through a hole. Yeah. If you won, you took a spike, uh, a, a really sharp spike, and you pierced your penis. Penis. And your penis. And then you let blood drip into onto like a leaf or a piece of paper or something. And then you burned that at the top of the temple. Okay. So you're playing, and, that, and, th- and then that suddenly made sense why the game takes 16 hours. Because <laughs> it's two people trying to lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. Missed again. I'm just off tonight. I don't I know just, what it is. I'm just having one of those days. And so... <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So that's a sporting event that I s- sort of wish was still around. And I took a picture of it. I can post it on our Instagram. Of the court? Of the court. What did they use for a ball? It was, I think they had access to rubber trees or something. I think it was a rubber ball. Oh, I guess. Like some kind of gummy. I don't know. There was a lot of information. I could be getting things wrong here and there. Because this we're talking about like a six-hour day of me asking a thousand questions about <laughs> Apocalypto. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, well, but wait, wait, so you're saying they played here. What about Mel Gibson? Has he been here? <laughs> so, well, speaking of basketball, um, I did mention last week my brother was participating in a halftime contest at the Utah Jazz game. Oh, yeah. So I went to that. I could not find anyone to go to that game with. Oh, um, man. Supposedly, I have a lot of friends, but not if I'm trying to plan something. <laughs> Just, I mean, you know, I don't know. I would, everyone was working or... I would have been there, brother. Out of town. I, yeah. If I was in town, I would have yeah. pierced my penis and come. <laughs> Just come to that. Yeah. So I bought a ticket for six ninety five on StubHub before the game started. It was upper... It was not a bad ticket, actually. You could, you could, even upper bowl is still pretty good. Yeah. But then I'm sitting by all these hipsters, and I got my big camera. And I had thought, because it looked like... Um, and not not his. I hate using hipster pejoratively. That's a whole different thing. I'm hitting by like dudes with long poodle hair and trucker hats and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I had thought though that the whole row would be available, which is why I selected that ticket because it said tickets one through eight available. Mm-hmm. But I had to. It was dead center of the row, and I come and I have to scooch by everybody, and I'm like, my brother's at halftime, and no one cared. <laughs> but so they they do the contest. Uh, everyone comes out wearing a sprite T-shirt. Uh, my brother was wearing a Minnesota Twins cap. I appreciated that. There's a giant Sprite bottle in the middle. Everyone stands in a circle. You take turns spinning the Sprite bottle. Okay. Sprite bottle points at you. You're out. Oh, okay. So it's like a spin, spin the bottle. The bottle. But, yeah, but you don't get uh, hepatitis. <laughs> so it, it, it spins, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, all right, that's the girl next to him. He's still in. And, so, and he just walks off, just... What? And he texted me later, and he's like, how did I look? And I said, really bored. And he did. <laughs> so he walks off, and then they keep going, and I'm like, well, nuts to this. Yeah. And I left, and I did It's a big letdown. Uh, yeah, huge letdown. I went and got some food and just actually, even though I was in the arena, I watched the rest of the game on the television. TV. Yeah. Because right. I didn't want to go back to that stupid seat, and I was bummed out. So I talked to him later. He did get a big bag of sh- Sprite swag. Oh, wonderful. So a Sprite duffel bag, a Sprite hoodie. A bag just filled with Sprite is what I picture. <laughs> no, he still gets his year's supply of Coke. I don't know. How really? He, yeah, he has to go pick it up from somebody. Every week? I don't know. I don't see how you do it all at once. That's 360 cans of Coca-Cola. 
You could do it if you have a car. You can do that easy. What do you mean? You don't see how they do it. Well, I don't. I don't know how much coke fits in a car. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of coke. Yeah. We'll we'll do the math. But he still has. So that's good. That's yeah. that's not not a bad booby booby prize. So here's what happened though. It was a screw job. What? It was a screw job. It was an inside job. It was an inside me? job. Yeah. So he's telling me. I said that really didn't look like it was near you. And he said, "Well, the cameraman standing behind me said, looks like it's you, chief." Really? Yeah. And so he walked off. So no, he couldn't hear anything. He could not hear anything down there. Um. Because of just cheering and loud noise, or what? Just the loud noise, and like the speakers are, the speakers are kind of above you. They're not really aimed at the okay, court, right? You know? Of course. So, I guess I don't know where he saw it. He saw it on TV or something. His buddy who he was with took a picture that clearly showed the sprite significantly closer to the girl. Wow. Um, this... And and I guess when when he had walked off, the host Alan Handy, our Guy Fieri Nickelback man, <laughs> right? Said, Love him. Uh, said. What are you doing? You're still in. No. So he's very clearly still in, but because all he could hear was the cameraman saying, looks like it's you, chief. He just walked off. Because, of course, like, like I was worried about, you're kind of panicking. You're right. Tunnel vision. You're dazed. Right. He doesn't even know who he is at yeah. that point. Yeah. That so, goddamn cameraman. Right. So we're... So this is crooked, man. This stinks. It's crooked. It's bullshit. This stinks. It's it, utter bullshit. It goes all the way to the top. Yeah. And what? He's going to get, like, oh, next year we'll have you do it again? Like, so he's saying, well, I want to complain. And uh, it's like, well, yeah, they're not going to redo the contest. They're not going to give. They're not going to do another right. sleepover for you. Best case scenario, you complain and they give you a voucher for a free hot dog at a game of your choosing. Yeah. But still, I feel like the something has to, something must be known. I guess this is the first step. This is, this is an unexplored territory of, of you like you, you see those movies. Where, what's that one? There's a bunch of good ones. There's one where uh, John Travolta is trying to stop some place from polluting. There's that oh, one. a civil action. There's a civil yeah. action. There's, there's the one where Russell Crowe is trying to stop cigarettes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich. There's a whole genre. But have you ever seen anything where someone got screwed out of a game, basketball, halftime? The closest is Quiz Show. You think so? With John Turturro and Ray Fiennes. Even that's kind of a stretch, but I'll yeah, I'll, I'll humor that. Yeah, but never one about a halftime contest, about a t-shirt cannon. God, maybe there needs to be. Yeah. Written by, by someone. Some, this needs Ridley to be. Ridley Scott directing. I was going to say. Uh, no, Steven Soderbergh. Or I was going to say David Fincher. Oh, Finch! Oh, there you go. I think Fincher, Fincher it would look it would look really good. It would look really good. The Trent Reznor soundtrack <laughs> would capture like the beating heart feeling of when you step onto that court and yeah. it's the Sprite bottle spinning at you. And it would have to be three hours long. It'd have to get really into the politics. That have that have scenes of different people in in offices arguing, and then your brother just not giving up. He just yeah. will not. Even though his life's being destroyed, yeah, he's lost his job, he's lost his girlfriend, he's lost his uh, his apartment, all his money. Yeah, the his Sprite re- hoodie is just getting rattier. His and reputation. Rattier. They they take <laughs> back his his year supply of soda. No, but, his teeth are falling out. Yeah, but the, he he just will not give up. Yeah. God, I hope he, I hope he wins. What are you fighting for anyway? Do you even remember what you're fighting mm-hmm. for? This is justice. Justice. L- yeah. Lyman. I wanted to sleep on the court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the so the winner gets the sleepover. Did he actually he got to sleep over though? No, the, no. This was the this was the ten finalists. Winner gets the sleepover. Oh. For right. some reason I thought it was a big sleepover and then they got to all do it. I don't know. That doesn't no, make yeah, sense. Yeah. 
No, that's the final prize is that sleepover. So that's what happens when they say, what is it you're even fighting for? And he goes, I want to sleep. I just want to rest. Yeah. On this court in on a sleeping cot, bag. In a sleeping bag on a basketball court. And then meet Gordon Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it's, it, they'll have to cut the edit that weird for the Oscars. Because it's, it's kind of long the way we just said it. But you could, you could make that real snappy. And I wonder if the NBA will allow the licensing or if we're going to have to do like the Utah pizzazz. Yeah, it is. It'll, it'll be the Utah pizzazz. Mm-hmm. That way they won't. Because well, it's just like this new Will Smith movie, Concussion. How the NFL, they were they didn't want this coming out, and they even, they I, I heard they pulled a lot of their punches because the NFL was so on their case. Yeah. So in this, it'll, it'll be the same thing. The NBA doesn't want to want the public to know how crooked all their halftime games are. Yeah. Like this, or how how mistreated that monkey that rides around on a dog is that plays at halftime. Right. Or, this would bring down the entire NBA. Yeah. Well, this transitions nicely to another topic uh, of halftime shows. Did you you didn't see the Super Bowl? No, I was I was on my flight back from Mexico was literally the start time of the Super Bowl to the end time, basically. Yeah, the entire <laughs> flight I missed the Super Bowl. But I, one of the guys that that was on uh, my girlfriend's team, he was really pumped before the flight. He was saying, "All right, so I got my DVR. I'm going to race home and watch it." <laughs> we, 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 he's like, I don't want any updates from my phone. I'm, oh. I'm just gonna go home and enjoy it. We get on the, we get on the flight, and and the the captain comes over the or the pilot comes over the loudspeaker and is like, Don't worry, I'm gonna tell you the score of the Super Bowl as it goes. <laughs> and then I just, I, I quickly turned around and I just see him roll his eyes and like throw his arms up, like, <laughs> oh. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. And so the pilot every half an hour would say. It's sometime during the second quarter. We don't know exactly when. The score is Broncos 10, you know, the yeah. Panthers 0. Oh, wow. And he did that every half hour of the entire flight. <laughs> so it was the, so which, which, now that I've heard about the Super Bowl, it sounds like I got the, the more exciting version yeah, than people was, actually watching. Boring. And that's an interesting strategy because it seems like if you care enough to know what the score is, you care enough to not be on a plane. Right. And I guess... I don't know. I, yeah, I kind of went back and forth. I'm I'm one of those people that's really against spoilers in general. Yeah. But I can see the point of view of, of other people. Yeah. I personally, it takes away the enjoyment for me, but I have friends that want to know the ending of a movie before they go in for some goddamn reason. Yeah. No, it was boring. Um, the halftime show uh, is not even... I don't know. I have a pet peeve in music is I don't like it when someone is singing into the camera. <laughs> you don't like the eye contact? No, they should be making eye contact with the actual humans in the place. That so kind of weird. Makes so sense. there's a part where all of them, Bruno Mars, Beyonce, and Chris Martin, are like going down this runway. Like coming at you. Coming at you. And Chris Martin had to crouch. And someone on Twitter, I think it was baseball player Brandon McCarthy, I think, said, guarantee you that it's in the contract that he has to crouch so he's not towering over Beyonce and Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars is about four feet tall. Yeah, and they were standing up normal, and for some reason he's, like, duck walking, but they're, like, smiling and looking at the camera and <laughs> singing and, I, and and marching, like, going, coming at you. I hated it. What song are they? Are they playing Coldplay songs? Why they is did, Beyonce there? Yeah, they did some... Coldplay came out first. Okay, first of all, the, the theme of the halftime was tribute to halftime shows. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's not a joke. <laughs> this is getting meta. Yeah, that's not a joke. It was Are like you serious. It was like for the fiftieth anniversary of the Super Bowl, we're gonna look back at the halftime shows. No way. So they showed all these clips of like better stuff. Right. And then Coldplay came out and they were in like Do you remember when Prince played like five years ago yeah. and just tore it up on guitar? Yeah, yeah. When I found out what a good guitar player he was. Yeah, I had no idea. It was crazy. Yeah, he was shredding. And then wasn't Bruno Mars last year anyway? That was like two years ago. You can go back? Apparently. Did Ashley Simpson ever play it? <laughs> I don't think so. She played some big sporting event where everyone booed. I just recently watched it on YouTube. Oh, for she some sang reason. the national anthem at the Orange Bowl or something. And it was like like 80,000 people booing. And it was right after the Saturday Night Live thing. Oh, was it? Yeah. I forgot she existed until for five, at least five years until the other day. And yeah. then that just popped in my head and I watched it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so... So, yeah, so they're showing all these clips, and then... So Coldplay is dressed like hippies, and... Uh, what? Like, I mean, not hippies, but they just got, like, all these, like, multicolored flowers and stuff like that. Okay. Then Beyonce comes out as, like, a jive But wait, wait, wait. What are they playing after this part? Are they playing a Coldplay song? They're playing Coldplay songs, Like, yeah. what song? They're all, like, mellow, sad makeout songs. Yeah, like, the that one, I think, that goes... Da, 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 oh, da, oh, yeah. Da, da, da. Like the scientist, I think it's called. That's a good song. And then he has to stop and be like, right here, right now, we're all together, and everybody's beautiful, and just love your neighbors. And, and it's okay. just like, okay, just, just shut up. <laughs> and then Bruno Mars, I think, was doing like... I don't even fucking remember. Like Michael Jackson? The or point the... is, no, he was maybe doing like a Run DMC kind of look. Okay. Or, and Beyonce, or, it was either that or the fifties. This is it was two days ago. This is the impression it left on me. And then, and then Beyonce was dressed how? Like like a Black Panther. Oh really? Yeah. Because I I've, I saw something online about that, but I didn't read the article. Yeah, I mean she had dancers and they all had like afros and, oh, and cool. sideways berets. It was pretty badass. That is pretty cool. It was really cool. But uh, and then they're showing all these clips. So, uh, my brother's girlfriend Cora is reading. Uh, just kind of a list of past Super Bowl performers. Just absentmindedly, just like, oh, yeah, let's see, Bruce Springsteen. She just g- looked it up on her phone yeah. or something? Okay. Bruce Springsteen, The Who, wow. Prince, Bruce. Paul McCartney, Elvis Presto, <laughs> Michael Jackson. Hold up. <laughs> oh, please tell me it's it's like a magician or something. <laughs> of course. It's <laughs> a Super Bowl. Uh, Elvis Presto. <laughs> 1989. That would have been what? It's like Super Bowl 23. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, Elvis Presto. Wow. <laughs> a guy that doesn't look anything like Elvis and does magic tricks. No. And they used, uh, yeah, Super Bowl 23 halftime show magic trick. They did a <laughs> card <laughs> trick. I guess you had to, you got like your 3D glasses in the paper that morning. Okay. Or you got 3D glasses if you bought Pepsi. So they're doing this 3D. I might actually remember that. They're doing this 3D computer-generated thing. And, and this 1989 CGI, believe it or not. Oh, it's going to be like Max Hedrum era. Yeah, it doesn't gonna, quite hold looks up. Looks like garbage. So he's dancing around. I, I unfortunately can't turn my computer around right now, but because uh, I want you to see this. Oh, so, wow. So he's got this like space background. He's wearing his gold suit. His hair isn't like Elvis hair. It's just like... <laughs> it's oh just like big, like God. Frankie Avalon hair. Looks a little bit like a like Zoolander on meth. This is so much better than Coldplay. <laughs> Elvis Presto. Elvis Presto, dude. Uh, and uh, 
How has everyone forgotten about this? So now we're voting. We're, there's cards on the screen. The audience, Spinning. The audience is like screaming for the card that they want to pick. So like in a baseball game. Yeah. When you, so, th- so there's a sound meter flying by from left to you, right. Oh, my God. So King of Hearts registered real loud. Everyone screamed for King of Hearts. And now, well, so are um, people screaming what their favorite card is, or yeah, well, it's or like what pick, they... a, pick a card, any card. <laughs> no, that's what they're doing. They're doing the "Is this your card?" So, so King of Hearts gets the loudest applause. Well, Super Bowl audience. Now, this is well, girls in like poodle skirts and sandwich boards look like cards come out. So, well, Super Bowl audience, look under your seat, please. <laughs> is this your card? Are oh, you kidding? <laughs> under me. each seat was a King of Hearts. Oh my God. That is the most incredible halftime show I've ever seen. Elvis wow. Presto. We'll, uh, we'll post that link on our Facebook so you can see the YouTube clip My of it. My God. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of just the most important thing there is to say about the Super Bowl right now. That is. <laughs> Elvis Presto. This has blown my mind. Yeah. So, wow. wow. That's, that's, that's a lot to deal with. All right, we'll deal with this. So in the mail, I got something I ordered that is maybe the greatest action figure ever made. Yeah. And just to reset, if anyone doesn't remember, for seven years, we did a comic book podcast, fightforcomics.com. Right. And, and I think in our first episode of, of World Champion Podcast, I mentioned the comic book that I was thrilled with, Yeah, which was Captain America turning into a werewolf, Cap Wolf. <laughs> yes. Well, you know... You're, you sharp-eyed Brighton over here noticed that there was a toy coming out of Captain America as a werewolf. And so I ordered it, and it is glorious. It is, it is beautiful. It's a Marvel Legends Captain America, and it comes with... You can take his head off and put a werewolf head on. <laughs> yeah. And then have him salute the flag. And then salute, yeah. So I, I'll, I'm going to post this on our Instagram. It's, it's Cap Wolf saluting. And, it, and if this doesn't bring tears to your eyes, then you are not... You're not, I don't know what you're not. <laughs> I was going to say you're not human, but then that's a compliment because that means you're probably a werewolf. Exactly. And in that case, you would be saluting, so it's a big catch-22 sort of thing. Yeah. It's beautiful. I'm, I'm so thrilled with this toy. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is, you know, I'm a grown man saying this. Well, every, we'll maybe delve into this further in later episodes. Every payday, I like to treat myself by buying a new toy to place atop my fridge. And I I'm got, I'm uh, about the same about the same. Yeah. Now your man my what I want is for my fridge to approximate your mantle. Your mm. mantle goes across the entire house practically. Yeah, it's probably twenty feet long and yeah. entirely covered in toys. Yeah. I recently added a, a little Andre the Giant. That's awesome. Um I got the White Run guard from Skyrim and he has an arrow in his knee. Uh, I, that's a nice little touch. Um and then I recently bought a, an orange cat eating a corn dog. Whoa, what's that? I haven't seen that one. Because I, I, I have an orange cat myself, and I've been wanting a corn dog for months. Wow. So and I haven't gotten one. So, but I did buy a toy of a cat eating a corn dog. I, I also have one more toy in the mail coming. In. I pre ordered it. I think I showed it to you. It's Godzilla taking a nap. Oh, yeah. Napping Godzilla. And so that's, I don't even know where I'm going to put that. But I, yeah. In the bed. I guess so. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Or on a couch, a comfortable spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't move that. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That's Godzilla's beanbag. <laughs> we'll toss your pillow. Sit on the floor, dumbass. <laughs> Godzilla lives here. You don't. 
Yeah. Uh, Which is a comeback. I, I was reading a forum about dogs, just because I have a dog. And someone posted about how they hate when their friends come over and want to sit on the couch and are annoyed the dog's on it. And they <laughs> tell their friends, hey, the dog lives here. You don't. And I was thinking, you probably don't have a lot of friends. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but then at the same time, I started thinking, it's a good point. Tugboat has way more jurisdiction on my couch than some schlub friend of mine. Quote, unquote, friend. <laughs> That's true. If they were a true friend, they'd bring their own seat. Yeah, they ain't man's best friend. That's why I bring my own banana chair everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. Smart. In case there's a dog. Just, just, it's, it's just manners. Right. You don't want to go over to someone's house and, and just, uh, just be this ass assuming that you can sit on the couch or on a chair. Be an ass assuming that your ass can sit. Yeah. Right. Don't be the ass with the ass. Yeah. It's just, it's just rude. I don't know how many people have come, come over to my house thinking they can just sit on Tugboat's couch. I try to sit on Tugboat. Because then he doesn't fine. have to move. Well, yeah. And he stays fine. warm. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's fine. So uh, people, a lot of people have come over to this show from our old show. They're asking us if we're still going to talk about comics. I think we will occasionally. Yeah. We might have addressed this in episode one. But yeah, as, as needed, mm-hmm. we're not going to force ourselves to talk about comics every week. But if something comes up that we like, we'll definitely talk about it. Okay. I have yet to read a comic again. Still, since, wow, still. we're going on. This must be four months now. Yeah, they're kind of making me mad having them around, and I, I kind of want to get rid of them. No way. I still want to read them. I still want to maybe go get the hardcovers or the trades. Yeah, but I just am sick of having so much space taken up with comics. I can understand that. Yeah, that and makes total yeah. sense. And I, I, I just, I just read that Andre the Giant Life Story. Comic. Oh, I do need to read that. How, is that it's pretty awesome? good? I, it was, it was good. It was. I was slightly let, let down. Was, there, there's a part where Andre the Giant's racist in it, and, I, and they have a cu- couple different incidents that kind of paint him in a bad light. Oh. And then at the end, they try to have this redeeming part, and oh, it sort of didn't work for me. I sort of thought, wow, Andre the Giant's kind of a shithead. Do, they, did, do they show him pooping in the tub? No. Mm. I didn't realize what an alcoholic he was. Oh. He was a pretty severe alcoholic, is what I'm getting from the comic. Huh. And... I and and then I don't know. It just has a, a few different things that just paint him kind of as an asshole, which I don't know if they're trying to be real and gritty or yeah, something. Yeah, and I guess if it's a biography. But I mean, they didn't have a ton of. I, I just, I was just sort of let down by okay, it. Okay, sure. It was, it was, it was good, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was great. It was kind of something was sort of lacking in it. Yeah. And I don't, you know, hmm. I don't know. I still need to read, and you, you have this or have read it, the Beatles in Hamburg. Yeah. That's been on my list, on my to-do list for several years. I'll let you borrow it when I'm finished. I'm about halfway done with oh, it. Oh, cool. It's, a, it's mainly about uh, the bassist guy that got ki- What's his name? Oh, Stu Sutcliffe. Yeah, it's mainly about him. Huh. Which is kind of like a weird, kind of a smart angle, actually. His story's already been told. Well, I, th- I think it's, I don't think it's real, though. In backbeat. No, but I think, I think this is a fictional story about him. Oh, like I think this is I'm not sure actually no. <laughs> but it seems fictional to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, a guy playing a bass <laughs> in Germany. He couldn't play the bass, what I've read. Oh yeah. <laughs> just like he would turn his back to the camera so they couldn't see him how bad he was. Wow. Yeah, re rewatch the first uh episode of anthology, the first like hour. Yeah. And they, they literally made him turn around <laughs> <laughs> on stage. I'm serious. Because he didn't know what, like what to play. Yeah. Um, so they just ca- they're making an Archie television show on the CW. I'm very excited. I'm about excited that. too. And I'm shocked that 
in what 70 years 60 however long archie's been around it's been a damn long time yeah there was like a one episode tv show in the 50s black and white Mm -hmm. and then this bizarre made for fox return to archie movie you got to underline bizarre on that yeah it's really weird where like archie's no, what is it? Is he divorced? Or what maybe, is he? maybe Veronica's. No, Veronica's in a loveless marriage, and I think Betty's been divorced three times. And then Jughead is like this creepy scarecrow like man. He's like a single father, though, or something. Because doesn't he show his son how to break dance? Jughead teaches his son how to break dance. But it's like a 50-year-old man. It's a weird 50-year-old skinny scarecrow man. <laughs> and he's like, yo. If you want to talk to girls, you got to be cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Otherwise, you just look like a fool. Because, you know, it's that. <laughs> oh. Even for when it was made, it was still a very outdated version of rap. Yeah, yeah. Look, look that up on YouTube. Or just don't. Just don't look it's it up on YouTube. Horrifying. It's horrifying. But I love the fact that they made a sequel to something that doesn't exist, really. Yeah. So it's like just part two of a show... And not even a sequel because they're all they're all adults. They're all in their forties. So they really captured what people like about Archie, is wondering what they'd be like old. Yeah, not and teenage that, hijinks, no, not not young love, and not soda shops and car hops and all the kind of. That's the stuff I picture with Archie. No, you, when you read Archie, you're like, no, I want this to have more ennui. Yeah, I wonder what would happen if Veronica got married and the marriage was just just lonely, <laughs> yeah. and she was just in a dead dead marriage. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess we found out in that. And so, now this, though. So, the CW is finally going doing back a show, to the roots. Doing a show called Rivers, Riverdale. Riverdale. It's called Riverdale. Okay. Yeah, it's called Riverdale. Um, they have cast Betty and Jughead now. And I like to withhold judgment on these things on comic book casting. Well, ever since the Heath Ledger thing, where, yeah. where everyone was outraged about Heath Ledger as the Joker. And now he's the definitive Joker. Right. And, and even CW has a great track record with comic book programming. Yeah. Arrow and The Flash. The Flash is the best show on TV. Yeah. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which neither of us have watched yet. Right? I haven't watched. Oh, I'm going to, though. Is it out? Yeah, it's, it's out. Okay. There's, there's been a couple. And then, okay. Yeah, Supergirl. They're going to do a Supergirl-Flash crossover. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm thrilled with that. So I, it may, you know, maybe it'll be good. I don't know if Mark Wade is involved, but they cast Jughead, and he's just, he's just a pretty boy Biebs type guy. He's one of, which, one of those which we, yeah, but we learned a valuable lesson about Justin Bieber. That's true. I love him now. Yeah. I, lo- I will fight someone that, that talks bad about Justin Bieber yeah. in front of me. But yeah, so they got, he, he's one of the twins from Zach, and it's, it's, it's like these two brothers that live on a cruise ship or something. Zach and Cody wild out or something. Oh, I think at first they lived in a hotel. Yeah, and that's what it was. And then they moved to a cruise ship. Because on the... Uh, <laughs> Darren Williams and some other jazz player were for some reason on the episode or on their cruise ship show. No way. Yeah. That's really weird. This is interesting that it's going full circle back to twins. Boy, yeah. Twins, like, jazz. Oh, man. We're well, talking about the twins. But the, the, the thing I always loved about these twins is towards the end of their cruise ship show... Because I have a friend with kids, I'm not I'm not watching the Disney Channel generally, but I for yeah. some reason have absorbed this all over the place. Seeing this show where they're on the cruise ship, one of the brothers starts getting fat while the other stays fit. Oh, nice! Have you seen these pictures of them? No. So there's a point in time where one is probably 20 pounds fatter than the other, and it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. You think you would you'd feel self conscious just because you don't look like your twin, but I don't know. I just really don't see this kid as Jughead. Maybe he's awesome. I think the thin, unless they're both thin now, because this has now been like five years, eight years. But they, he looks thin. He looks fit. 
This is the fit twin. Yeah, this one looks kind of fit. But, uh, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. We won't pass judgment until the show comes out. I think that's a good, that's a good way to be in general. There's not, noth- yeah. There's nothing yeah. worse than the internet speculation about how shitty someone's going to be in a role that they literally haven't performed yet. Yeah. It's like, the future's going to suck. The future, we have no idea what it's going to be like. It's going to be shitty. Yeah. Blog. Done. <laughs> Submit. Submit. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to our main event. A couple episodes ago, we asked the question, and I don't know why this came up. I think just because Harrison Ford's been on our minds lately. Is Blade Runner a good movie? Uh, Coincidentally, the week we had recorded that, Blade Runner was playing as one of those Fathom events. If you don't know what Fathom events are, uh, hopefully one of your local megaplexes does this, where every week they show some classic film. Yeah, when they have they do other they show the ballet sometimes. Yeah, the opera, seen, Shakespeare plays, TED talks, Mystery Science Theater, <laughs> or whatever it's called now. Uh, oh yeah, Rift Tracks. Rift Tracks. Yeah. So yeah, so they did Blade Runner. So they're shown Blade Runner. I have only seen it once in film school. I believe when we were studying set design or something. Yeah, which the set which is incredible yeah. in it. So I I recall not having particularly fond memories of it. So mm-hmm. I wanted to see it again. Um. First of all, amazing opening. Yeah. And seeing it on the big screen, I actually said out loud, I went, whoa. Yeah. When it opens, because the very first, the screen's black, and then it goes like, boom, when it does the like Warner Brothers Presents or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the credits and the little thing, you know, in the future, Blade Runners are, and then just this smash cut to the cityscape with the big explosions of the oil refineries mm-hmm. and then the Vangelis music. Mm-hmm. And then, right, so within about 10 seconds, I thought, you know, I think this is a good movie. <laughs> well, you're just, I, you are so drawn into this world. It, it, it is the most believable futuristic world. It, it, it yeah. totally is realized. It, it reminded me about when you read the George R. R. Martin Game of Thrones books or the TV show. It's just so, it just feels like a world that's lived in, right? Even though yeah. it's so different. And that's yeah. immediately in Blade Runner, you're like, wow, this is, this is the future. And then that opening scene is so tense with the interrogation of mm-hmm. uh, whatever his name is. I can't remember their names at this point. One yeah. of the replicants. Yeah. The to- tortoise. What's tortoise? <laughs> and now he keeps interrupting. And like it's, it's giving you the fact that he's having such a hard time with the questions is giving me anxiety. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, stop interrupting him. Yeah. Let him finish. And then I'm getting stressed. And then the music's pumping up. And then there's a murder. And then... And just, I love this place where it's always raining. And there's always neon signs. And you can go get noodles whenever you want. I think it's the first use of really having a heavy influenced like Asian or Chinese culture, which has now become like fireflies. Everyone speaks Chinese in that. Yeah. And so you it, mean an, like an influence on American culture and well, I mean in, in the idea of this future where, where it's not just Americans, you know, it's a future where maybe there's, there's so many Chinese people that it's, it's, it's got a huge, in, like, it's kind of melded into one culture. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because throughout the whole movie, Harrison Ford's getting noodles. He's always going to these Chinese places. Yeah. And he, it, it's, I just think that's, real. it just seems realistic. Yeah. You know, if the, the future of the world, there's, there's lots of... Like the cultures, the lines are going to blur between the, yeah, the they're, cultures. They're yeah, gonna bl- which they already kind of have a lot, I yeah. think, even now compared yeah. to 50 years ago. Leon, it's Leon is the... Leon, yeah, that's right. 
Um, so yeah, I, I just, I really liked it. I, I did not realize that the phrase more human than human came from this. Mm -hmm. And also Leon goes up to Deckard played by Harrison Ford. And I was thrilled because he says, wake up time to die. Yeah. Which I know from welcome to the jungle live. (laughs) Wake up (laughs) time to die. That's that's clearly Axl Rose quoting Blade Runner. It's got to be. Right? Yeah, I mean, wake up, time to die. Yep. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's a cool movie. I and, sure liked it. And then it kind of reminded me how yeah. wonderful it is, how, how wonderful Harrison Ford is. What's in the his, word? In his prime. Harrison Ford, Harrison in, his Ford prime. in his prime yeah. is the quintessential movie star. I did know, in the first 20 minutes or so, I noticed he was pulling Harrison Ford face in every shot. Mm-hmm. And I think you know out there what I'm talking about when I say Harrison Ford face, that half smile. That's fine, though. But yeah, but it's but that's cool. A national treasure. That's the word I was looking for. Oh yeah. But he, but he's yeah. not he's an international treasure. Yeah. Um I loved the scene where he is interrogating the snake stripper. Mm-hmm. Or not interrogating her, he's trying to like he's, infiltrate her. He's like doing this undercover work. But why did he use a fake voice? There was no reason at all for him to use a fake voice. And then his 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 reason to be there was so ridiculous. He's like, I'm looking for holes. There's there's perverts looking in here at a pretty lady. And that's really yeah, he, Hi, I'm the uh, city inspector here to uh make sure your permits are in order. Uh, yeah, that that whole scene I just kept thinking, he's the worst detective in the world. And that I have heard Harrison Ford because he kind of disowned this movie. I've mm-hmm. heard him say, I play a, detecti- a detective who does no detecting. He, no, he does look at that picture and does the enhance. My favorite thing, enhance. Yeah. Enhance. That's detecting a little bit, right? Yeah, I think that's detecting. That's about the only thing. He basically knows that there was a girl in someone's apartment. Yeah. And that led him to the snake lady. But otherwise, he doesn't really, he's not a detective at all, is he? No, he just kind of goes around and then... Ends up in the right place at the right time, or someone actually, tells him where to go. Actually, people keep g- coming to him. Actually, yeah. like he gets great. Wow, he doesn't really do anything, huh? Yeah. Even when he runs into Leon, Leon finds him. I gotta, I, I gotta try to remember if he's yeah. done, if he does any detecting work at all. He's just mainly eating noodles at, at, out he, in the he, rain. He, all he eats the time. noodles. He gets beat up. He's beat up a few times. He makes love. Right. Um, I will say, okay, so I watched Witness as well. Oh, okay. Right after watching Blade Runner. Has a very similar seduction scene that um, where the female party is, uh, is a, I'm going to use the R word reluctant. Okay. Because I'm kind of walking on eggshells here. Yeah. But it is, watching it now, 30 years later, is like, dude, chill. Chill out. But in both movies, he's, he is okay. He's not good at this, Harrison Ford, because <laughs> in Blade Runner, he's just looking at her and he's got this vomit face. <laughs> he kind of, you know, he's like grabbing her wrists and he's like, "I want to kiss you," but he, but he's like, Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> he looks like he's gonna barf because eyeballs are bulging out. <laughs> and then in Witness, they're like, oh, he's like working on his car shirtless, like he does, mm-hmm. and listening to the radio. If, if you're not familiar with Witness, it's Harrison Ford hanging out with some Amish people. Or Mormons. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Who knows? You, you can just pretend they're Mormons. Who knows the difference? Uh, Kelly McGillis from Top Gun, who's excellent in Witness. But some, some, some song comes on like Yakety Yak, Don't Go Back. Or <laughs> one of those 50s songs. And then he starts dancing around and lip syncing to it. 
and then like trying to dance with her. What? <laughs> and then also, and I think they kiss, and he makes his vomit face again. And it's like, okay, he can't be intense lover, nor can he be playful, flirty lover. Like he's just not good at it. Wow. He needs to, the only kind he can do is like the Han Solo. Is he? Or is, Harrison Ford? Is this, like I'm too cool for this. Is this vomit face? Do you think this vomit face is like? I'm showing you how like primal and and like right my, I, my animal magnetism. I think or that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, just and that. he's so good looking. Maybe it works. Maybe people, you know, women watching think he's look really good looking. We see vomit face. <laughs> yeah, we see that guy is clearly gonna barf. But <laughs> yeah. maybe I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Oh well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> I made I made this big connection. And I thought I was a genius, and then Googled it, and I, apparently I'm not the first one to have this thought. Okay. Blade Runner was a big influence on Bioshock. Okay. Not just in terms of the, uh, like, you know, what's, what's human and what's robot and when does it cross that line and if you have memories and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but even just the fact that in Blade Runner, it's constantly raining. There's always, wa- even inside, there's water dripping from the ceiling. Oh, wow. There's always the big neon signs. Um, there's always the weird, like, automaton things. Like, in Blade Runner, there's always that Coke blimp flying yeah. around. And that's in Bioshock. And even the uh, in the original Bioshock, there's some splicer thing. One of the splicers you see that looks exactly like Pris. And, like, even kind of has oh, her, does, wow. like, her backflips and oh, stuff. Oh, you're totally right. Yeah. Holy cow. And does, like, because she attacks it with backflips, and there's a splicer that does that. Yeah. And has, like, weird kind of makeup on. Yeah. And he's a detective in, in Bioshock, too, and right? It's, and he's it's all a... noiry and always wet. and. Holy cow. How have I never made that connection? Yeah. Well, I think it just worked because I happened to be playing Bioshock just a few weeks ago and then saw Blade Runner. And wow. like it was like, yeah, just the wet neon signs and the... Maybe I just love know, that, that look because I love Bioshock. I've talked yeah. many times on our other podcasts about how much I love it. Yeah. My favorite video game series. Yeah. And then I love Blade Runner. And, just... and, the, and the first Bioshock is all about creating something better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. God, it even has kind of like the neon look. It, all the, the, like when you're down in, this, in uh, Rapture. Yeah. There's just neon signs everywhere, and but it's all everything's run down. And there's always dripping water, even though you're you're inside because you're underwater. But there's always water dripping from the ceiling and leaking through the walls, and, wow, and that that's Blade Runner. Because that it, is so cool. Yeah, you just blown my mind yeah. again. We, first, it's Elvis Presto, now <laughs> yeah. Blade Runner, Bioshock. Well, I I don't want to blow your mind a third time, but is this your card? <laughs> oh, I think your work is done here. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Blade Runner, yeah, I love I love uh, E. B. Farnsworth from Deadwood, also known as uh, the Chef from Lonesome Dove, also known as Larry and his brother Daryl and Daryl from Newhart. Is is the is the uh the, they're my friends? I made them. God, that was driving me crazy. I could not. I'm like he's so I know him so well, but I could yeah. not think of what he's in. He's in tons of stuff. Oh huh? yeah, tons of stuff. He's the hotel owner in Deadwood is probably his. Most recent, I haven't, high seen, profile I haven't role. seen Deadwood in a decade at least, but yeah, that's he. He, the the weird the thing that's funny is he's supposed to be, isn't he supposed to be like 30 or something or 20? Yeah, because he had some disease, he had some disease. Yeah, a, a couple of things I, I found interesting because I read Blade Runner, the the book, do and well, I guess do androids dream of electric sheep? Yeah, 
about six months ago or a year ago. And they really don't, in the book, they put, put a huge in, emphasis on these pets, owning fake pets, like robot pets and real pets. That's mm. a big thing throughout the whole book. Another thing is they, they don't really, everyone who's, who, who can or has the money has gotten off Earth and left because Earth's kind of a shithole. Yeah. And then, and then people like him who can't leave the planet are, that's why he lives in this apartment complex where nobody lives there but him. Yeah. And, but they, they don't... Again, I, I just... I haven't watched the version with the narration. I, I, know, I think there's a version... So I think that's the one I saw. Now, I swear, I, I was trying to research this. I couldn't find any documentation. I swear the one I saw ended with a freeze frame of <laughs> Edward James Olmos looking at the camera. I swear it. Okay. But I kept reading about all the different versions, okay. and none of them said ends with an inexplicable freeze frame of Edward James almost looking at the camera. So maybe I dreamed that. Is but it I possible? Swear that's it. Did you watch this in class? Is it possible the teacher paused it at the end? <laughs> just paused it at the wrong time. And just, no, I just paused it and said, and that's Blade Runner. Any questions, class? Man, maybe. Yeah, that would be pretty rude, though. Yeah. The best thing is when I was when I was in college, the the school had purchased. Tons and tons of this new technology that was here to stay. Oh, well, we laser, went to the same college. Laser discs. Yeah. So I remember, even at the time, watching... I took a bunch of film classes. We would yeah. watch them on la- laser discs, if you don't know, are basically giant records that look like the bottom of a CD. And they're two-sided. And like records, you have <laughs> yeah. to flip it over halfway yeah. during the movie. Yeah. So I, I'm sure when this first came out, I can just picture the, the heads of the, the film studies being like... This is it. No more VHS that shows the entire movie. Yeah. Let's flip it over halfway. Well, no, we had, when I was there, maybe we upgraded. Really? Uh, it would automatically switch sides, which oh. meant in the middle of the movie, the screen would go blue, mm-hmm. and a big thing would come up that would say, like, A, arrow, B. Mm. That'd be about 15, 20 seconds, and then the movie would continue. Okay. That's some high-tech laser disc right yeah. there. And I know even my first day, my first day of my first class, and he's trying to explain, like, well, actually, laser discs, the the rev resolution the, is the quality. Like he's trying to justify why we're watching these on laser discs. Yeah, no, th- that was my first introduction to him as well. Yeah. And and literally the first day, I kept thinking, this is so stupid. This mm-hmm. can't be real. You have to flip these over. Yeah. This is so dumb. They're gigantic. Yeah. That's the other thing. And this was in a time where CDs already existed. Yeah. So to see something as big as a record that's silver, you just think this is this is the biggest dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. I put all my money on mini discs, and that paid off. Well, yeah, I bought uh, HD DVD. Really? No, no. <laughs> I remember that VHS. They tried to have a last stand where, like, oh, HD VHS. The take the tape is thicker. Really, wider, and it's going to be as good. It's going to be better quality than DVDs. You're kidding. They did no, I remember that? hearing about that. Yeah. HD VHS, something like that. I don't know. I like it. Maybe it never got out of the prototype phase. Probably not. Uh, so, is Deckard a replicant or not? According to the the version I watched, which I think is the final cut, is the one we saw in the theater. It was ultimate the, cut, maybe. Ultimate, maybe final cut. I don't know. I think it's it was the same one I watched a week prior oh, yeah. at home. Yeah. And I would say no. I would say he's not. I don't I don't understand why you think he why people think he is. Like what what is what is the argument that he is besides the I guess the unicorn dream. That I had no idea what was going and, on. And and then one one thing because he finds the unicorn at the end. Well, there's unicorns all throughout it. 
but he has the dream. He finds the little the the one that Edward James almost makes out of. What is it yeah. called? What's that called? Like a matchstick or something, or gum wrapper. I don't know what. It yeah, is. But what's it called? It's origami. Like a, oh yeah, origami. Yeah. And then there's one other part where there's a unicorn in there's a unicorn in the the toy maker's house. Mm. There's also a unicorn somewhere else. So there's a part where he's talking about. Uh, I got to learn these characters' names. He's talking about uh, Rachel's. Rachel's talking about her dreams, and he finishes it, or her memories, and he's like, "No, you remember this, and I know that because it's implanted." Right. So he has the dream about the unicorn. Does Edward know about the unicorn dream because he knows that was implanted in him? Or because he has the same memory? Or because he has the same memory. Or one interpretation is he left that there as a sign to Harrison Ford, look, I was here, and I didn't kill Rachel because I'm nice. Now get the fuck out of here. That's how I took it. Yeah. That's totally how I took it. Yeah. Just like I was here, I saw Rachel, I didn't kill her, but you got to go. Why would Harrison Ford or Deckard have memories of being a little girl, though? No, he just knew that that, those were the standard issue memories for the replicants. Well, yeah, but you're saying because he had had them, or no? No, he just knew that. He just knew that that was the well, me- I just, memory program one. I, that's that's because he's a detective, man. That's because he's a Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, that's that doesn't. No, sh- but I'm saying what it shows is that Blade Runners know what memories people have. So does the other Blade Runner know what memories Replicant Deckard has? I assumed that was just something that he had gotten from the, the makers of the replicants to find, because they want to find re- rebellious replicants too. Right. So I assumed that this he was told this, not because... Right. That, no, that's my point. We're on the same page. Well, how does that make him a replicant? That's what it's confusing. So, okay, me. so Deckard, Blade Runner, Rachel, replicant. Right. Deckard knows what memories Rachel has had implanted in her. Right. Now, okay, Edward James Olmos' character, Gaff, Blade Runner, Deckard replicant, Gaff knows what memories he has, what memories Deckard has, is the theory. What what point at what point does it show that that Edward James almost knows his because he leaves a unicorn. Oh, so it's like so that's what the theory is. He's saying I know that you have these unicorn visions because I know that that's what they put in your that's what they programmed into you. That's a good theory, actually. Yeah, I can see that now. Yeah, I didn't know that. He could be. <laughs> yeah. He very much... So, so to make it more confusing, Ridley Scott says, yes, he's a replicant. The screenwriter and says, no. Harrison Ford says, damn it, Ridley and I talked about this, and we decided I wasn't. Really? That's, yeah. Those are the official stances? Those of are the, the official stances. So there's not really a right answer. What, what do you like to think? I like to think that he's not. Um, I do too. Yeah. But I'm not... I'm not uh, that's not a necessarily a popular opinion. That at least explains the goddamn unicorn stuff. Because through the whole movie, I, I watched it three times in a one-week or two-week period. Yeah. And I kept thinking, what is with this unicorn stuff? I didn't know if it was a vision. I, I just... Do you know what it made me think of? I just immediately started thinking of Legend with Tom Cruise. And, and, how, <laughs> yeah. and how the unicorn in that, you can see it like a brand on its butt. It's been branded. Huh. By the owner of the, of the horse. That they put a fake horn on. That they put a fake horn on and didn't bother to cover it up. See, that's sloppy. Isn't know. Legend also a Ridley Scott movie? No. It's not. Oh, I don't know. Are you sure? I'll be pretty surprised if it is because Ridley Scott's a super good director and Legend's kind of shitty if you watch it again. We yeah. all have fond memories of it. Ridley Scott. No way. Yeah. You're kidding me. Maybe it's the same unicorn. 
It probably is. Well, I guess that explains why that vision reminds me so much of the vision of the unicorn in the other one. <laughs> Could be. No, Legend's not a good movie. Even when I was a kid, I would just see the poster mm-hmm. and I'd see like a clip here and there and be like, I got to see this movie. And I, when I finally watched it at six or seven years old, I was like, this is stupid. I, I do like the Yes soundtrack. Oh, really? Yes does the, the soundtrack to it. Huh. And I just, they both got solid. Well, the Vangelis is way better. Vangelis is the, the definitive sci fi soundtrack I, after we watched that in the theater i listened to it for probably a week straight at work yeah it's really good it's really good so i uh just real quick witness uh, also ha- has a soundtrack by michael jari who's similar to vangelis like one of those 80s really synthesizer guys um it's on netflix i think you should watch it everybody listening it's really good um keep your eye out for an extra who is in a lot of scenes and has no lines at all <laughs> And is now one of our biggest stars. Really? Yeah. Okay, don't tell me. Oh, okay, I won't. <laughs> to tell after. Yeah. And then the uh, the guy, the Russian from Die Hard is in it. And you keep thinking he's going to be a sinister guy because he's the Russian from Die Hard. Um, there's also a Netflix movie that I think is still on there called Los Angeles Plays Itself. Mm-hmm. It's about three and a half hours long, but it's really cool. It's a very definitive thing about Los Angeles in the movies. covers a lot of the uh, Blade Runner stuff. Okay. So check that out if anyone's bored on Netflix. Should we move on to our letters? Yes. Okay. Letters. I feel like we need to have some kind of theme song. All right. We'll come up with something. Maybe a little little Vangelis. (laughs) Yeah. So Ryan Anderson's Salutations Champions. I'm curious as to your thoughts on the SLC Punk sequel. Have you heard of it? Did you like the first one? Thanks for returning to the podcast world. Keep your standard issue Smogville gas mask clean. Oh, yeah. yeah At the clogged. ready. No, it gets clogged, yeah. Uh, I went to a concert, um, gosh, almost two years ago now, summer of 2014, uh, where they were filming the concert for SLC Punk 2. Screeching Weasel, who never tours. Oh, man. And they even said during the show, Ben Weasel's like, do you guys even realize what a big deal it is to see us live? <laughs> and he said, Did you, we asked for so much money, and they wanted us to play, and we said, you got to fly us out, you got to put us in the nicest hotel, and they did it, so you get to see us. Man, I wish he, I... he hates playing live. You had a headache that night. I'm a, it must have been a hell of a headache. Yeah. Well, I, would, I must have had a migraine. I can't imagine turning down Screeching Weasel. I remember yeah. you going to it, and I remember I couldn't go, but I don't know why. Yeah, he had a headache. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, Celsi Punk, I kept seeing things about like screenings around town, but I was always too late. It's like free screening of SLC Punk, go register. So it came out. out. It came out. So then? I don't know if it's like legit coming out. It was a Kickstarter project. So I don't know if it's gonna be playing down at the Megaplex. Hmm. I'm curious to see it. I didn't love the first one. Um and a lot of it's inaccurate. I mean, I don't know how accurate it is as a portrayal of the eighties punk scene, but a lot of the facts about Salt Lake are inaccurate. They like, kind of bug like, me. Like what? Oh, just like that. Cops work at the liquor store and <laughs> stuff like that. What? Yeah, that's what he's like. Oh, all liquor store employees are cops. And that's supposed to be a fact? Yeah. And okay. just like little things like that. And, and, you know, like, oh, Mormons and their butter always churning it. Yeah, of course. So I didn't love it. But I saw it. I, when I saw it, I was also had such a punk attitude that I would reject even things that were 
Yeah. So I, maybe I'd watch it now and like it. It came out at a time where I think I literally was in a punk band. Yeah. And so I was too cool to see it. I, I didn't want to see it. I didn't get, it had the guy from Scooby-Doo in it, so I didn't give a shit about him. Yeah. And I just, I've never seen it, actually. Oh, I'd be really curious to see it again. And it was a real kick seeing the locations. Like, they go to Cottonwood Mall. Oh, nice. Which is my mall. That was my mall, too. Yeah. Where we bought our comic books. I spent all my teenage years in that mall. Right. Okay, I'm seeing it just for that, then. You yeah. see my old mall. Because now it's a big pit. They tore it down. No, it's just a goose sanctuary now, apparently. <laughs> They're like, we're going to tear down this... Like, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this mall and build a better <laughs> mall. And now 10 years have passed, and it's just uh, probably it's, it's more been than, reclaimed by nature. Yeah, probably more than 10 years. It literally was just a big pit for, yeah. for at least a decade. Yeah. And that, yeah, now apparently just it's animals live there. Yeah. Um, where are we at here? Emails. Uh, this guy, interesting. Hey, longtime listener, first time emailer. His name is Clay Strofe. Stroff, I think. Doesn't ring any bells. No. Thoughts on Blade Runner. As a kid watching Blade Runner on TV, I seem to always fall asleep, but never managed to miss any of the movie, probably due to commercial breaks. There was something about the constant acid rain, Tangerine Dream soundtrack. No, Vangelis soundtrack. What did Tangerine Dream do the soundtrack to? They did did the one where Tom Cruise has sex on the train. Oh, that's right, yeah. Sex train. Sex train. <laughs> sex train? Yeah, sex train starring Tom Cruise and Booger. No, it's the one where he sk- skids around in his underwear. Yeah. What's that one sex called? Sex train. Sex train, yeah. Uh, they uh, uh, Risky business. Risky business. Yeah. They did oh, They did quite a few. That's the only one offhand that pops into my head. So something about the constant acid rain, Tangerine Dream soundtrack, and atmosphere that lulled me to sleep. I love watching the Blade Runner, the final cut, as it doesn't cause me to collapse into a narcoleptic state, and it includes the full unicorn dream. Uh, on a side note, something that is interesting to me is that Pris's death scene in Blade Runner is replicated, uh, replicated by Daryl Hannah years later in Kill Bill Two. Interesting. Real? Oh, she does kind of thrash around. Yeah, huh? yeah. I never thought about that. Her death scene was brutal too. It made me sad. In that trailer, right? Yeah. No, in, in Pris, but yeah. Oh yeah, Pris. Now, well, it, Pris also made uh, what's the main bl- replicant's name? We didn't even men- we didn't even mention we didn't even talk about Rutger Howard. We didn't even talk about the man that steals the show, <laughs> right. Rutger Howard, running around like a beast in his tidy whities. He at is the end, incredible, holding a dove. That. Yeah, yeah. And Daryl Hannah's death hit him pretty hard. Yeah, made him go insane. Drive spikes into his hand. God, I love him. I will clarify as a quiz master that we don't see Daryl Hannah die. That was that was a question on a quiz: is how many of the snakes or whatever they're called do we see die you don't see her die Mm-mm. she gets her other eyeball torn out and then is thrashing around on the floor okay but we don't know if she's dead or not don't, doesn't someone find her later or anything Mm-mm. okay fair enough anyway strange but that is an interesting thing Clay. i never noticed that uh the force awakens i found it extremely enjoyable yes it was similar to a new hope but the characters even acknowledge that in the movie i get it <laughs> i get it. it's just a bigger death star and solo <laughs> yes oh yeah he does yeah uh, here's a story that happened during The Force Awakens that I'd like to tell. During a very tense scene in which Kylo Ren is communicating with his Sith Master, a woman stands in front of my 3D glasses and says, Excuse me, you are in my seat. Uh, what was I to do? Who was this woman? Where are my tickets? What is happening on the screen? This is like half an hour into the movie, too. Yeah. After a minute or two of digging out my tickets that I had paid for in advance, which had assigned seats, showing her this seat was actually my seat. 
as well as the other seat to the right and left of me, my daughter and wife. The interrupting woman still did not believe me, so I took a look at her tickets. By the light of the projector, I quickly pointed out that her tickets were for a later show at a different theater. <laughs> Whoa! I missed Sith Lord Snoke. I was forced to see this movie again. It was even better the second time. And he, he tells us to keep up the good work in Smaugville. Smaugville. Yeah. That's a nice, Thanks, nice touch. Good to hear from you. I, How did you get in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> this is a rant I, I've been meaning to find the opportunity for. Oh, this is per- it. perfect. Why, as a society, are we so fucking bad at knowing where our seats are? <laughs> I know. Go to any ticketed event and just watch these people like revert to children. No, ah. no, no concept of the alphabet ah. or, or numbers. Is How, this E? Yeah. We're in E. Yeah. Where is this E? No, much like how uh, mine says E six. Much like my biggest fear about getting on a plane is having to talk to someone. Yeah. In theaters, it's having to tell someone that I'm they're in my seat. Yeah, theaters, sporting events. Uh, Gosh, airplanes, anything where there's a seat that is clearly marked, mm-hmm. it's just panic. It's like I've, it's like I lost my glasses, my feet are wet. I don't know what to do. It's and true. Then there's the when the like, excuse me, you're in my seat. That like faux indignation of what? I'm so puzzled. Hang on, let me get. Oh yes, these are upper bowl. Who didn't one of our friends told a story where the person refused to move even though they were in the wrong <laughs> seat? Do you remember that? I don't remember that. I'll have to I'll have to refresh my memory and, and talk about it again. Uh, Lee Brown sent us a link to a tub thumping. Oh, um, Chumbawamba style. Yeah, Chumbawamba style. We'll have to check that out later. Can't do that right now. Uh, we're in the middle of a show. Okay, this is a music one in the middle of a show. <laughs> Uh, Jason Beierstein. You know, maybe there's an alternate universe because I remember him being Jason Beierstein. Interesting. Stoked you guys are back. I know this guy who, like, totally insists Chumbawamba are important real artists and not just silly one-hit wonders. I've heard this theory, actually. Yeah. It's just like I've, I've heard Chumbawamba supporters before, yeah. randomly at parties. Yeah. Uh, I kind of always thought Blade Runner was sort of slow and boring. I uh, hope you keep talking about comics. Uh, what do y'all think of Cap's new costume shield, Steve, when he comes back? Wait, what? So I guess they've announced uh, that Steve is going to be Captain America again and have, have debuted a new costume, I'm guessing. Uh, is it going to, is it, and it's not, the, is, is, wow, this is really throwing me for a loop. Okay. Um, so here. is Falcon still Captain America then? Has he still got his pseudo it still looks kind of like a mix between Falcon and Captain America. Yeah, I don't like it. Well, the shield is back to that like triangular shape. Oh, his shield from the the forties. It's his original shield. Nah, a little bit. The other one was wider and not painted like that. Well, I know, but no, but it was that shape. Yeah, yeah. Um, how's he gonna throw it? I guess that means that Falcon still has the the good shield. Yeah, and then uh, looks like his costume looks like every costume. I'm a, it looks all right. I paint it red and black and put horns on it. It's Daredevil in, in the show. Give him a face mask and his Deadpool. I, yeah. I, when they first started making the Marvel movies, I had a problem with the Captain America outfit because it looked so... It didn't look like the one in the comics. I really liked the, the Civil War era one where it's yeah. like scales on it. It's when they first started making it look like it was almost out of chain mail or something. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. And now they've really turned it into this uniform that's... Basically, an army uniform that's painted blue in spots and red in spots. Yeah, 
But I'm sort of okay with that too. And it makes sense from a practical standpoint. It you does. Can't be wearing tights and bell bottoms and those weird sailor boots. And yeah, <laughs> I know. I love those boots. Yeah. And they and now Marvel Comics is so tied into the movie universe that pretty much it's the same thing at this point. So I've sort of learned to accept it. Something I learned. I think I saw this headline yesterday. Now we as comic fans love to complain. Oh, it's so dumb that they're trying to tie into the movies, and it's so dumb that they renumber them. Right. It's so dumb that they cancel these titles. They like uh, since 2014, comic books are selling 2.1 more million more units per year than they had been. Oh wow! Previously, so they're they're doing something right based on based on the movies. I'm guessing people see the movies and are curious about comics, and I can't imagine that New Fifty Two has been that that great. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe this is just a sign that. It was good that we hung up our comic book podcasting hats. Yeah. Because we were out of touch. We are. Uh, Andrew Nikovich. What's up, Diarrhea Faces? I just listened to the first episode of World Champion Podcast, and I can't tell you how happy it made me. The Fight for Comics, Pizza Party Void, and My Soul is now filled. They were two of my favorite podcasts. I was extremely sad to see them end, but there's no need to be sad any longer. World Champion Podcast is here, and I am ever so grateful for it. I've never written to a podcast before, but I just had to tell you guys that I'm super happy they're podcasting again. Don't ever think that what you guys do doesn't mean anything, because to some people, it means a lot. I'm really looking forward to many, many more episodes of World Champion. All the laughs come with it. Thanks for doing what you do. That means a lot to me to hear. Yeah, I think that I think we better end the show right now. Yeah, that's on, really on nice. that note. That's Andrew. He's in Birmingham, Alabama. Roll Tide. Am I right? <laughs> Roll Tide. Is that Mobile? Is that Birmingham? Is it just all of Alabama? I don't know. Roll Tide, you'll, buddy. You'll, you'll have to ask Jason Aaron. Yeah, but uh, I really appreciate that. I like hearing that. Yeah, that's we, good to hear. We would always get stuck on our old show. We'd get 10 five-star reviews and then one three-star review, and that's the one we're just going to focus on. Right. Not to um, mention we got some pretty mean <laughs> letters once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Don't and those are the ones I remember. Yeah. Don't after, send, after all those years. Don't send us those. Um, yeah, Eric Gaines on Facebook had a labyrinth-themed wedding in Vegas. Oh. Did I, you see I, that I, yet? I saw that he wrote that. I didn't see the photo. You told me he posted a photo. So officiating the wedding was a guy dressed like Jareth, the Goblin King, and he sang Magic Dance. So this is on our Facebook. Go find, uh, I don't know where the where it is. Just find it on our Facebook. Like us on Facebook, by the way. It's Facebook. Just look for World Champion Podcast. We need to get some more likes before we can have it be facebook.com slash Podcast. Let's see this. Wow. That's incredible. He's even got the Fushigi ball. That is so incredible. I'll make a new post for this, too, with your yeah. permission, Eric, so yes. we can see that, uh, so everyone can see it, because that's great. Uh, Twitter.com slash Fair. All right, and before you, I have one more thing from Twitter. I'm glad you just mentioned Twitter, and then we can do all our yeah. all that bullshit. This is from Sir Herps, which I like that. I picture a night with herpes. Of course. Sir Herps. Now that you're back, I can once again snuggle my phone and fall asleep to your sweet, sweet voices. Thanks for doing it. And that's true. We are the number one trusted sleep aid. It's true, absolutely. It we put, put ourselves to sleep. It puts you right to sleep. You put this on... Ten minutes later, you're sleeping like a baby, like like Sir Herps. <laughs> I, I kind of wish it was Sir Herps a lot. <laughs> well, that's just once in a while. That's just one of you know, once a month or so, when there's a breakout. <laughs> <laughs> right now, it's just Sir Herps a little. 
<laughs> so that's twitter.com slash smogville fair. Instagram, it's world champion pod. Not world champion podcast, just world champion pod. Podcast was taken. Look, I don't like this any more than you do. Of course, our website is worldchampionpodcast.com. Thanks to everyone who's left us some uh, iTunes reviews. They're really awesome. Really appreciate it. And it helps us get discovered, you know. Yeah, so rate, review, write in, all that stuff. The yeah. three R's. Yeah, tell your friends. Uh, <laughs> three R's. Or, or two R's and one W. Oh, right. Rate, write, review. The three R's. The three R's. Yes, absolutely. We'll be back next week. From the Ferris wheel. From the Ferris wheel, if we haven't succumbed to respiratory failure. Right. Good night. Huzzah! Huzzah!